And I guess uh, I have a just a great opportunity. I was half wondering, you've probably seen enough of me this last few weeks. I mean, I was here last week, I was here the week before, and now I'm here this morning. I don't know how these things happen, they just did. But um, hopefully, hopefully I'll encourage you, okay? I just want to encourage you this morning. So, you might have thought you were coming to church this morning, but actually we're just having a little bit of a cookery lesson. When I was... Um, when I was around about six years old, I learned how to make a jam butter. <laughs> or, for those who don't know what a jam butter is, a sandwich. And um, this morning, I just wanted just to think about that little, uh, that little idea of a sandwich. Okay? And uh, I guess we all know what, what sort of uh, what sort of things you like on a sandwich. You, you can join me if you like. What's your favourite sandwich? Anyone? Sorry? Chicken salad. Anyone else? Fish. Turkey. Mine's um, mine's roast beef, beetroot, and pickled onions. I'll just love them with a bit of salt. But okay, why sandwich? Why are we, where are we getting from here? So, for sandwich we need a, a slice of bread, don't we? So if I was to make you a sandwich, and uh, I took one slice of bread, put it on a plate, and then I took another slice of bread, and I gave you that as your sandwich, what would you think? You wouldn't be best pleased, would you? I mean, if you were really starving hungry, you'd go for it. But you think I was a little bit mean, don't you think? You're a little bit mean. So we have certain, uh, certain, certain things that we can put on a sandwich. First of all, uh, we, need some, uh, we need some butter. So, or margarine, whichever one you like, you know. But um, why would we put this on a sandwich? Any ideas? It's not a trick question, it's quite simple. Because we like it. <laughs> Maybe. I put it on toast, I like butter on toast. I prefer butter to uh, stork SB. Anyone else prefer butter to stork SB? Yeah, I do. So uh, we take some butter and we, we, we butter this sandwich. Uh, any volunteers want to uh, taste this after? You're more, than, you're more than welcome. Okay, do we butter both sides? I do. You might think, what's going on here? There's a reason to this. Hang on in there. If nothing else, you'll learn how to make a sandwich this morning, Peter Foldsway, alright? So. We, uh, we butter both sides of bread, don't we? Everybody else, anybody else do that? Yeah, okay, we've got a few. No, that was, uh, no, one of each side, alright, we're making a double. Thanks Tony for clarifying that, that's great. Okay, we've got our butter. So what about jam? Strawberry jam, anybody? Yeah? Yeah, I love strawberry jam. Um, Blackcurrant jam on toast, actually, but strawberry jam, and, uh, and strawberry jam for rice pudding as well, mind. What about chocolate spread? Yeah. Who likes chocolate spread on the bread? Yeah, I think it's uh, the younger generation, and I don't, I mean, I don't care much for chocolate. What about peanut butter? Yeah, do you like peanut butter? What about peanut butter and jam together? Yeah, I, I, we first learned that from Mark, who, um, our American friends, he came along and Never heard of that, and uh, he actually ate it, it was surprised me. What about banana? Yeah. Who likes a banana butty? Yeah, so do I, so do I. Where am I going with this? Sandwiches, okay, life really, think of life, it's like a sandwich, okay, you're born, and you die. You'd agree with me, won't you? That's pretty much 
That's pretty much the journey. We're born and then we die. And if we were to live life just with that, just to be born and to die, and not a great deal in between, we'd be much the poorer. We'd have a pretty stale life, would you think? We'd have just a little bit of a stale life. And I guess that some of us, sadly, will just put butter on our lives. Just a bit of butter. On just one side. Okay? Not on the other. Some of us goes butter on both sides. Some of us go for a real selection of um, goodies in between. Whatever it might be. And I'm of the opinion that life can be a little bit like that. That life can be where we, uh, we have this gift that God gives us and pretty much it's up to us what we do with this gift, within reason. Now, now, okay, consequences surround us that affect our choices and affect our direction, our journey and I know all that, okay. It's impossible to try and cover absolutely every angle and fit every little thing in what I want to share with you this morning. So I know all that and I know that you know all that. That there's pain, that there's heartache, that there's trouble, that things happen for no reason, that life becomes short sometimes, and sometimes it's quite long. That's all in the mix of everything. But life is still the same, whether it's a short life or a long life, you are born and you die. And I like to think that you're born and you die, you make some very important decisions in life, and then, or should I say you're born, you make some very important decisions in life, and then you die. And who knows the path of our life, our journey, and who knows how we will die eventually. We just do not know that. The Bible, I like to think, is a little bit like life. And for those who may not really read the Bible or really uh, study the Bible, and to be quite honest, I am one. I do not study the Bible as often as I may. Um, I just don't. I don't have time, perhaps. Or maybe I'm making an excuse. I don't know. But I do not study the Bible, perhaps, as often as perhaps I should do. It's only when I come to do a service like this, or get involved in any leadership role, whether it's worship leading or, or something like this, that I really knuckle down and, and really, really focus on the Scriptures. To seek a word from what God might wish me to share. To seek a word of encouragement. And I think encouragement... Is perhaps something that maybe the Lord has given me a gift of. I don't know, but I like to encourage people. I like to get alongside people. When they're, when they're not doing that great, I like to try and pick them up and lift them. Say, listen, come on, keep going. It's not as bad as it might be. Every cloud has a silver lining. That's, my, uh, that's what I would say. And there's always a light at the end of every tunnel. That's what I always would say. And you do not know what the future holds. You just do not know. But in the scripture, we start with Genesis, and in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And that's what we have. And it says, actually, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. So for a start, in the beginning, we have God, and we have water. And God is Spirit. The Bible states it, because that's the very first few words in the Bible. So we can learn a very, quite a lot from the very first few words. In the beginning, this is the start, there was God, God is spirit, and is, there's water. And if you go right to the end of the Bible, into Revelation chapter 22, right to the end, 
it talks about you've got God again. You've the throne room of the Lord. You've the throne room of God. And then you have this river of living water rushing from the throne of God. And that's pretty much what you've got. So you've got water at both ends and you've got God at both ends and the Spirit. But there's a whole lot in the middle that is just amazing. And it's just something in the middle of this sandwich that I'm going to prepare for you this morning. So we have in the beginning, we have the river of life, we have the water, water is, water is evident, and we have the spirit, and God is spirit. And in this, I could have picked up, how many passages could we have picked from between the first page and the last page? How many choices would we have? There are countless choices, and for some reason, don't ask me why, we picked this one this morning, which is from John chapter 4, which Andrew read for us earlier on. Regarding the, the Samaritan woman and Jesus. Just to let you know that John's Gospel, I like John's Gospel. That John, John and Mark, if you look at those two Gospels, they're kind of similar in how they start. Because they're like, they start off at a real pace, like 100 miles an hour. By chapter 3, you're into the miracles of Jesus. By chapter 3. If you look at Matthew and Luke, they're kind of a little bit different. By chapter 3, they're still on the birth of Jesus. So Mark, Mark and John seem, seem to be that way, but John particularly, uh, that I've chosen this morning, is like, he's, he's like doing a 100 metre sprint. He can't wait to get into the real nitty gritty of what Jesus did. That's how I like, I can imagine him writing the scriptures and writing what's happening and being really excited. I just can't wait to pass this news on to us about Jesus Christ. In the third chapter of, um, of John, we have uh, Jesus talking to Nicodemus. And it's quite interesting because in the third chapter you've got Nicodemus, and in the fourth chapter you've got the woman of Samaria, and Jesus kind of like talking at two extremes. Because you've got Nicodemus, who's, who Jesus says you are Israel's teacher, and yet you do not understand these things. Jesus says you have to be born again. Unless you're born again, you can't have any place in the kingdom of God. Of God. That's what Jesus says. Nicodemus couldn't get his head around this be born again thing. He's thinking, how, how can you possibly be born again? He didn't understand. And Jesus said, you're Israel's teacher and you don't understand? How can you possibly teach other people? He also goes on in that same chapter, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. He says that, John 3.16. So in that chapter, it kind of, John's revealed Everything about Jesus. That Jesus is the gift of God, that unless you are born again, you cannot have a part in the kingdom of heaven. And then, after he's done all that, and he's taken care of all that, the disciples, uh, the, uh, the Pharisees are getting a bit keen, and they're getting, they're, they're getting around Jesus. They, they, they want to know more. They're challenging him, so Jesus thinks it's time just to move on. It's too soon to do what they want him to do. So he moves on. So he decides to take this journey... And he goes through Samaria, which is really unusual. They would not normally go through Samaria. But he decides to go through Samaria. And he meets a Samaritan woman. And it's at this, it's at this where, where we can just get a couple of goodies for our sandwich. Because you've already had some. You do know that, don't you? If you're listening, you've already had some. But there's some more. There's some more to come. Because it's great. It's just fantastic. You just cannot, 
You just cannot read this passage and, be, and not be encouraged and not be fired up and not be hungry for more. You should be hungry for more when you listen to this. That's not a challenge, I'm just, that's me, I was. I just thought, wow, this is great. Let's just have a look at this Samaritan lady, the Samaritan woman. First of all, they're, uh, they're really tired. So Jesus is tired, the disciples are with him. So he sends the disciples into, uh, into town, go and get something to eat. And Jesus wants to sit down by this well. This well was built by Jacob. Apparently it's the deepest well there is in the area. It's around about 150 to 200 feet deep. So I read. I haven't seen it. I've just read it. So it's, you can imagine how deep this well. Imagine digging down that depth in the desert. I mean, that's a long way down. And how would they do that? I don't know. But they did. And at the bottom of this well is water. So this Samaritan woman comes. Now it's midday or it's certainly at the height of sun. The sun's out. Normally, you would collect your water when it's cool, of course, because water's heavy and you have to carry it back home. So why would the Samaritan lady, why would the Samaritan woman come at this time? It's because she has got a lot of problems in her life and she's not best pleased at her life. How it is, where she is at this moment in time, she isn't in a great place. People probably shun her. we find out in a moment the reason for that. So why, does, why would she come at this time of day? And who should she find by surprise this particular day? Jesus. She didn't know it was Jesus. It's just a, a Jewish man sat on the side of this well having a rest. And here she comes. And he says to her, can you get me a drink of water? Straight away she recognises that he's a Jew. First of all, men and the Samaritan woman... Shouldn't be speaking anyway, it's not in their culture. But not only that, she's a Samaritan woman and Jews and Samaritans do not go together. They are unclean. There is this rift between them, they do not go together. Straight away Jesus crosses that barrier. Not an issue to him. And one thing about Jesus Christ is, he breaks down barriers. He just breaks down barriers. Whatever's in your life, whatever situation, whether you're in conflict, at work, or, or in your family, or whatever that is, you can guarantee if you will allow Jesus to be a part or come into the situation, he will break down barriers. That's what he does. He breaks down barriers. So he's talking to this Samaritan woman, and she says, can you get me a drink? Jesus says to her, woman, if you only knew who it is that's asking for a drink, if you would only knew, if you only knew, he would give you living water, living water. She didn't understand that. Well, what is this living water? This water is water that just lasts forever. It continues going. It's... It's like imagine, imagine a, a fire hydrant in the street and somebody's uncapped it and it's blasting up and you cannot stop it. Imagine an oil field and they struck oil and oil's gushing up and you can't stop it. This is the living water that God wants us to realise is there for our benefit, for our, for our help in a, to enable us to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God 
And who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Where can you get this living water, she said, because you have nothing to get the water from. She's thinking he's going to take it out of the well. She misunderstood. She didn't understand. But unlike Nicodemus, who's, who really was asking like strange questions, like how can a man be born again? How can a man enter his mother's womb a second time? She kind of like diverted a little bit. She changed the subject. People are good at that sometimes, changing the subject, aren't they? You're trying to talk about something and you're trying to get your point across. Have you noticed that when you share the gospel with people? You know, if, you, if an opportunity comes and you're able to just share what Jesus has done, somehow they just change the subject and you get onto something else. That happens with me occasionally. I don't know if it happens with you, but it does with me. And she, because, she, because people don't always understand, they change the subject. And she changed the subject. She said... Uh, She said, I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. After, he, after Jesus said, I would give you living water. She thought she would never get thirsty again. Because Jesus said, prior to verse, verse to that, in verse 13, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, meaning the well. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. If you've got an imagination, you've already pictured the oil, oil, you've already pictured the fire hydrant, you've already pictured Niagara Falls. Could you imagine that amount of water? This is what Jesus is saying. It's, it's just so much water. And she thought, well, she'll never have to walk in the sunshine again and uh, be ashamed of all the people in the village because Jesus is going to give her water that she'll never have to carry again. She just didn't understand. And then she changed, the, she changed the, the tune there a little, because Jesus said, uh, Jesus, she, 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 thought, she thought that the water would last forever, not, not connecting the spiritual side, okay? So Jesus then, he came to her and he told her the reason really why she goes to the well in the midday. It's because she's not married and she's already had five husbands. And that's just not done. And that's the reason why. And do you find sometimes, you know, when we've... Prior to you becoming a Christian, I guess, we have this sort of sinfulness within us. And this, this pride or this I'm not good enough state of mind. We can even have that when we become a Christian and we make mistakes. Unless you can be restored and get back to where you should be. It's the same thing. We make mistakes, we do things wrong. We have this thing where we're not good enough. But Jesus said, I have given you water that is living water and wells up within you. And if you tap into that, then you'll get through the guilt and the pain and the heartache. And you can tap into Jesus. You can tap into that and, and find restoration and forgiveness for, uh, for whatever you need. The woman changed the subject to worship, and she said, we worship on this mountain, but you Jews worship in Jerusalem. But Jesus says these words, and this is what I really want to focus on this morning, amongst other things. He says, yet a time is coming and has now come 
when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. So I guess if you read words like that, that Jesus says, that Jesus is looking for worshippers, that God is looking, the Father is looking for worshippers, who would worship in spirit and in truth. And I just wonder where you stand this morning in your worship place. When you're worshipping God. And what does it mean to worship in spirit and in truth? Have you ever wondered that? When I read this, I had to uh, ask myself, do I worship in spirit and truth and what does that really mean? And um, I guess to worship in truth, it's, it's kind of a state of mind. It's what does your mind focus on when you're worshipping God. When you're... When, and, and I... And I I use the word worship because it talks about worship here, but I don't think it just means singing in church as like our three-song block or whatever it might be, worship, that little worship section. That's not what it's about. It's about our whole lives. It's about everything you do. It's about every decision you make, every choice. How do you manage to worship God with your whole life? In truth, completely in truth. And I think that's impossible. I don't think it's possible. Because we have this, we have this challenge in life about sin, don't we? And this battle where our natural desires want one thing and our spiritual desires line up in scripture want, want another. Is that, not, is that not so? So, I could find it very, very easily to get angry. To get angry at any given situation. Possibly when the stress level's really up here. Or someone's really let me down in the business side, for example. I can find it quite easy to get angry. And, and it just seems to come natural. But what I have to do... I have to, I have to stop myself and I have to work at not being angry. Do you find that? Do you find sometimes you have to work at not being angry because you, it doesn't line up with being born again and the kingdom of God? I, I, I hope I'm not on my own here, but I, I just do. I just do find it difficult sometimes. to, uh, And not only that, just, just to make the right choice in life. We went to Kate's uh, house group and she started with something like, uh, how do you know what God is saying to you? How do you know? And, and it was quite interesting, we went around the room just listening to different people and, and each of our experience was really quite, quite similar and we had the scripture, we had the still small voice uh, and we had actual audible voice where God's, but he doesn't always do that. You have to work at it. And the one thing that I'm thinking about this morning is this well, Jacob's well, which is very deep. If you're going to get water out of a well that's 100 and plus feet deep in the ground, you're going to have to work at it, aren't you? And I think there's a little bit of significance there where in our Christian walk, if we 
if we desire or we want this water to gush and well up inside us, we have to work at it. Yes, it's a free gift. We don't have to work because it's a free gift. We just have to work to accept it. And I think we have to work to overcome the sinful side of ourselves. The selfish side. That that's mine and I want that. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? I have to work at those things. And I think it's in a place like church, when we come together, and I use the word church loosely, I don't mean building, I mean a group of people who believe in Jesus Christ. Uh, I think it's when we come here, that as we worship together and as we encourage each other, then that's how we can push on through. But if you don't mind me saying this morning, to be really blunt about our fellowship here, I think we're missing something because I don't see that sharing that often. I don't see it as often as I'd like to see it, i.e. getting alongside each other and praying. Yeah, we're praying the house groups, but I don't see us taking this gushing water and running with it as a gift that God's given us. Now, don't take that wrong way because I think it's good to be challenged. Because if I had a very successful business... And I thought that was it. And I wasn't carrying on pushing and rushing forward. Eventually that would die down. That would just fade away. If no one stands up here and tells us, listen, I think you can do more, but you've got to work at it. Maybe we'll never do it. If no one ever stands up here and challenges us in a real sense, a real way, saying, look, Jesus Christ has given you this well of water that gushes up inside and will help you to overcome the sinfulness that sneaks up and gets you because you're stressed out. If nobody stands up here and tells us that, how will we ever know when we're in such a place? How will we? Am I, am I right or am I offending people? Forgive me if I'm offending you this morning because that's what I think. That's just how I think, and I, and I, and I, please, I don't want to offend anyone, I just how I feel. And, and I think we've got so much right in this church, I think we're doing great, so it's okay to focus on the things that are right quite often, but it's, it's also good to focus on what could be better. And I think we could be better at certain things. Didn't plan to say that, it's just come out. I don't know whether that's true or not, you just have to test these things. Is this me speaking because I've got a bee in my bonnet and I'd like everybody to come up to me and say, please, will you pray for me? Or is it something else? Is there some truth in that? I don't know. You just you decide. But as we, as, we, uh, as we look at the word of God, from out of the word comes challenges. And, uh, and if we preach the word as it is, and you let the word do the work, and not somebody up here that might have an axe to grind... I love you lots of bits. I think you need to know that. I love coming here. I love Jesus. And I absolutely love being able to um, have an opportunity to preach. That's what sets me on fire. I have a business that, that's quite successful. That's God. I, it wears me down. But where I really get me fire is here. And where I really get my direction for life is here. And it's not because I think I'm better than anyone else. I don't. It's just something in me and I can't explain it. But what we have to remember is after this, you will notice that right at the end of this, Jesus didn't even get a drink of water. 
And the disciples came back with the food and the cans of Impto and Coca-Cola or whatever they were. And Jesus said, no, I ain't hungry and I'm not thirsty anymore. Do you know why? Because he had been about the purpose of what he was on earth for. And, he, and, and this was a great opportunity. It's the first opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because he actually says, hey, guess what? I'm the Messiah. I who speak, I'm he. And this is the first time in scripture where we see that Jesus actually reveals himself in word to this Samaritan woman. He couldn't do it to, the, uh, he couldn't do it to Nicodemus as such and the Pharisees. He said, I'm the son of man. He kind of like camouflaged it a little bit. He was still the son of God, but he didn't want to have a major impact on something, you know, on whatever. That's my heart. <laughs> I'm still going, you're all right. I'm just joking. It wasn't real in my heart. <laughs> oh dear, you're not Jesus Christ is the best thing that could happen to anyone. But if anything this morning, think about bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. That occurred to me when I was, when I doing that, when I th thought about this, and it occurred to me, I thought, I oh, fancy that. Yeah, Jesus is the bread of life. Fancy using that as an example. They were a fluke, really. Just happened. Jesus is the bread of life. But um, bread can get stale, can't it? And uh, God doesn't want us to get stale. He doesn't want any one of us to get stale. And he wants us to... He wants us to enter into this living, rushing water that is in Scripture. And if you would be challenged this morning, I don't know what your Bible reading or what your prayer life is like, I am the clue... If it's like mine, it might be the daily bread at morning before I go to work. And then I might pray throughout the day. But what challenged me with the American people that came over was kind of like to refire, reignite me, to, to let this living water within me well up and to challenge me. And you know the scripture fanning into flame, the gift that God has given you? Do you remember when you were first converted? Do you remember when you were first filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you remember when you were baptised, if you were baptised? Can you remember them days? Are you any different now to, to then? Would you say you're different? Did you witness quite a lot then and you don't witness now? Because you find it too difficult and you think, well, nobody's listening anyway. I mean, I have. I've been doing that. I couldn't be bothered. I thought, oh, I can't be bothered. This was me three, four weeks ago. Yeah, I still love Jesus, but that, but I didn't let the water within me fire me up, you know, and, and, and I might have people come into the factory, uh, reps, and, and where I'd try and share the gospel so many years ago, I found that I wasn't doing it. I just wasn't doing it. And I was, I was getting stale. And if you were like me, then I've got some good news for you. 
You don't need to stay stale. You can be really filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can be set on fire again. And that staleness can be put to one side and you can have life. And, and that life isn't for you, you know. It's not for you, it's for you to pass on to somebody else. Do you know we have the power of salvation in our lives? Do you know that? Now that's a strange thing, isn't it, to say we have the power of salvation. What am I saying? I'm saying that you know how to lead somebody else to, to Christ. You know how to do that because you've been there and you've done it and someone's done that for you. You know how to do that. So you, you could sit down with somebody and you could pray, you could put your arm around them and you could, you could take them to the, through the process of maybe forgiving the sins having, and, and accepting Jesus and going having a new journey in life. You, you have that ability to do that and so do I. And as I must finish... Time just goes, doesn't it, when you're enjoying yourself. Um, I just want you to really think about that this morning. If, if you had to gauge yourself, gauge yourself from perhaps when you were first filled with the Holy Spirit, or perhaps when you first asked Jesus to come in your life, and how are you today? You know, were you a ten then and you're down to five now, like I was? The American trip that came, the Americans, I would have gladly not got involved with that. I would have gladly, I didn't want to do it. I tried to get out of it through the church meeting, you might remember that. I did. Now listen, don't just do it because of me. I didn't want to do it. And then, but you, you guys just said, come on, let's, let's push and let's do it. And we did it. But I didn't want to do it. But it's the best thing that happened to me because it's fired me back up. It's really got me into a good place, you know. And I want to pass this on to you because we need to be fired up. We really need to be fired up. And, and, and unless you tell somebody that Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, somebody else might tell them, but you can have a part of that. You can just really have a part of that. I know we're not all evangelists, but you can sow seed. And I think what we managed to do is we managed to sow a lot of seed as well while the Americans came with the young people in schools, etc. And, um, and also perhaps amongst us. It would be, it would be wrong just to, just to finish and not just have a moment of thinking for yourself. So, I'm going to ask Daniel if he might just, uh, just, just come and play a, a song. And, uh, and I just want to encourage you and I, and I don't want to manipulate anyone in any way because this is between you and God and between your walk and, and God's walk, uh, the God's walk within your life. And it might just be that you were like me. And once you used to be really quite on fire and perhaps now you're not so. And you'd, this morning you'd like to say, Lord, I want to be re-fired up. I want you to fill me with your spirit. I want to once again speak to somebody about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to once again see my friend come to know Jesus. Um, you might be in that place. So maybe as Daniel plays this, throw its spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. You could just probably close your eyes and will not labour it. And if that's you this morning, as the music's playing, 
I'm just going to, I just want to encourage you just to stand where you are. And then we'll pray. And then we'll finish. If I were sat down, I just want you to know that I would be standing. So I'm just going to stand because that's where I am today. Because my life is so much more fulfilled when I'm about the work of Jesus Christ in my life than ever having a business. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. So please feel free as the music plays. If that's you this morning, we're just going to pray and then we'll, we'll close our meeting. Thank you.